All right, so the topic of today is how to lose fat without tracking calories, as that is what you guys wanted whenever I put up the poll on Instagram. And the other option was how to design a resistance training program for a beginner or intermediate, and I will do that eventually, um, but there was a lot more of you that wanted this topic covered before, before I do that. And anyway, the resistance training one is a lot more visual, so if you're listening to this in podcast form, you want that resistance training program video, I, I would say it's it's a better it's going to be much better to watch me do that rather than listen to me kind of go through it. But anyway, I digress. Today, as I say, we're talking about how to lose fat without tracking calories. And these are some things that you can use and some guidelines, some habits that you can utilize, even if you're not necessarily trying to lose fat. You can use these if you are coming off a fat loss phase and you want to maintain body composition and they're generally good quote-unquote rules although i don't like that word they're generally good useful mantras shall we say to follow no matter what phase you're in although there are going to be some amendments depending on if you need more calories if you're trying to increase calories you may need to obviously do the opposite to (laughs) to some of these things but for general population people that that struggle to manage their weight their they struggle to manage their, their calories using some of these is definitely a good idea. I'm gonna go through my favorites. There are little tweaks that you can do with each one of these, and I would recommend trying the one that seems to be the easiest and most realistic for you to implement before trying another one, or or try two or three, rather than just saying, right, once I've listened to this podcast, I am gonna just bang straight away, go into to implementing all of them because that's never a good idea. You generally, if you're just starting off and you want to lose some fat without having to track calories, and you just want to make a few habit changes to start, this is this is a good place to go. Um, but as I say, try not to just change it all at once because most of the time that's a little bit too much and it's, it can be uh, it can lead to a bit of overwhelm. So I'm going to start off with the one that I think is applicable to, to most people and that is mindful eating and becoming more aware of your relationship with food and your hunger signals, your fullness signals, sensations of cravings, and generally taking more, bringing more attention to your food overall. I think we are typically, the environment that we sort of live in at the moment, a lot of people are busy, they, they have a lot of responsibilities. They don't give food their attention. They eat too quick and it's just sort of mindless. So there's, there's many examples of this. People that just pick up a lunch and throw, the, throw it into them over a two or three minute period because they don't have time to sit down and eat lunch. Maybe they're eating at a computer. Maybe they are sitting at the kitchen table watching tv or on their phone these are all examples of mindless eating and this does not allow you to tune into your sensations of hunger fullness and get the full enjoyment out of your food but it also means that by eating mindlessly you are more likely to overconsume food overall throughout the day Another example is when you're watching TV or even if you're in the cinema and you have snacks, you're just sort of throwing them into you mindlessly. You're not really bringing attention to the sensations of 
the texture of the food, the taste of the food, how it feels, um, how it makes you feel after. Has it satisfied that craving? Has it made you less hungry than before you started eating this particular food? So these are all things that you that we as a society generally have moved away from. And this is the, the best example that I always give to my clients is when we're children, we generally are more mindful of our consumption of food. As we sort of grow older, <laughs> we start to eat more mindlessly, but generally children are very good at tuning into this, their sensations of hunger and fullness. They know when to stop. They know when they've had enough. And that's generally a good place to be but as i say as we get older we sort of lose that and bringing this back into the fold and becoming more mindful bringing more attention to our food is definitely an important component of a healthy relationship with food and of a healthy diet overall you know even even doing small things like having us having more appropriate portions based on your hunger and what you feel like you want in that moment um, often if we deprive ourselves say of, of ice cream for a long period of time and then we get the opportunity to have some ice cream we end up eating a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's when in reality if we just sort of said right I'm going to allow myself to have some some Ben and Jerry's it's I'm going to enjoy it it's going to be guilt-free and I'm just going to have this and whenever I feel like you know what I've had enough I'll stop and for most people when they really tune into the sensations that their body is giving them and the, 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 the signals that their body is giving them there, the, most people don't want to eat a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's. It's generally not something that it's like when you, from start to finish, you enjoy it maximally. Generally, around that fifth, halfway through the tub, or seventy-five percent way through the tub, most people are more than satisfied. And if you can do that with not just processed food, but with food throughout your entire diet. And that's going to be massive and that is going to directly help you manage your calories a lot more and and reduce your overall calorie intake and and that's that's pretty massive and that's where i would start whenever i'm talking about managing your calories managing your nutrition without the assistance of an app or some sort of external tool that's helping you to um manage your nutrition overall as i say so the second thing then is using some sort of time-restricted feeding or fasting to your advantage. Now, this doesn't have to necessarily be intermittent fasting, 16-8 or 24 or any particular fancy protocol that you might have seen online. This can be something as simple as, again, linking back into the mindful eating, I'm not hungry in the morning. So I have tuned into my sensation of when I feel the hunger coming on and when I feel like I need food. For you and, and for me personally, I'm not hungry in the morning. So maybe not having your first meal for a few hours after you feel like you need to have that meal or, or when you wake up. And a lot of people think that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. They need to wake up. They need to have a big, big breakfast. And for a lot of people, they're not even hungry when they wake up, but they feel like they need to force this breakfast down them. And in reality, you don't, you don't need to do that. You can push your first meal off. Like we're, we are designed <laughs> to be able to fast. Like that's one of the reasons that we have body fat is because our ancestors would have gone through periods of having no food. It would have been sort of feast and famine kind of periods. And that's why we have body fat. Body fat is essentially an insurance policy for those times where there is no food available. And we are essentially going to be forced into a period of fasting there. So we are designed to fast. Our body, our physiology 
allows us to go for long periods of time with no food. Um, and that's why we have body fat. So don't be afraid to go for a period with not eating, especially if your body is giving you that signal and you are quite happy, say, upon waking to not eat. Um, and again, you can sort of push this a little bit further. If you're really trying, if, you're, if your goal is to properly lose some fat, pushing your feeding window, as it's called, into, say, a 6 to 8 to 10 hour window, um, and more so the, the 6 to 8 hour window, is going to be helpful for you because it allows you to squeeze your calories into that window and allows you to potentially have bigger meals or chop off a meal or a snack or both and that can act as the calorie deficit for your day like for, for some people i've literally just recommended you know what your lunch and your dinner is, is is solid you personally feel like you don't need to have this first meal of the day this breakfast so what we're going to do is we're going to chop breakfast off just have some coffee, some sparkling water, some diet drinks, whatever it is, up until your first meal of the day at like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and then you're just going to have two relatively big meals in the day and, and two snacks. And that is literally enough for them to create the calorie deficit, the energy deficit that is necessary for fat loss to occur. And it's nothing fancy, it's literally just we're, we're pushing that first meal forward, you're, you're fasting a little bit, nothing too crazy, you're not fasting for a whole day or any of this crack. You're just pushing that first meal forward and that is allowing you to squeeze your food into that little window and then that can be enough to help you create the energy deficit. But with that being said, it is not for everyone. I recommend trying it out and you know, there's nothing stopping you even say if you personally feel that come six o'clock, seven o'clock, you're done with the day. You really don't want any more food. Nothing stopping you from fasting from like say 7 p.m. until 10 a.m. the next day or 11 a.m. the next day and that that would be a a, a perfectly fine fasting window to, to use as well but again these are things that you should play around with they're 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 things that require a little bit of experimentation and that's what i recommend for most people whenever they're trying to change their behavior change their habits in regards to their diet you should be doing some experimentation with different things to see what fits you and what fits your lifestyle and, and uh, how, how you get on with different methods of practicing different uh, calorie restriction techniques as i said so the next one then is that last one was i suppose it was certainly not for everyone but i think this next one is for everyone and that's volume eating so this is something that i've spoke about quite a bit volume eating is i would probably say it's necessary if you're trying to implement a more calorie controlled diet especially when you're not tracking your calories so what i mean by volume eating is you're eating high volume, low calorie, dense foods. So foods that take up a lot of space and require more time chewing or they take up more space in your stomach, if you want to call it that. But their, their ratio of volume to, as I say, the, the amount of space that they take up to calories is quite low. So an example of this is your non-starchy vegetables, your fruits, your lean proteins, your potatoes, your high fiber foods, those kind of foods that, again, create a lot of satiation, they take up more space, but they don't necessarily have a lot of calories associated with them versus, say, something that is the opposite of that, like a bar of chocolate or a cookie, <laughs> where it doesn't dig up much space, but it somehow manages to pack um, 250 calories and it's gone in like two seconds. Whereas, as you say, a bowl of vegetables could be 150 calories, but it could take you 10 or 15 minutes to, to eat the whole thing, um, and it should as well looking into number one which is point number one which is mindful eating 
So again, volume eating is a massive one. Um, it's essentially just choosing foods that low, don't have a lot of calories associated with them. The lean proteins, the chicken, the, the egg whites, the, the lean beef, the, the tuna, um, even the, the low-fat high protein dairy products are, are a good example of that as well and then your non-starchy veggies and your fruits and then you're all also your high satiation foods like your white potatoes your oats um and d- different beans as well is, is another is another example of that of a, of, a, of a high volume low calorie dense foods food that you could that you can add to, to your diet um to make it more filling more satisfying but not as high in calories as say a more calorie dense food or meal that you may already be having so swapping those out is, is is certainly a good way of helping you achieve that energy deficit without having to track any calories you can just sort of do it spontaneously it's spontaneous calorie reduction as it's called so point number four then is oils fats oils added fat added fats sorry i can't speak today oils added fats and added sugars in your diet so trying to be intentional with what fat and sugar is in your diet this is a very easy one that a lot of this is kind of where a lot of people start they they sort of remove a lot of these added additives to their diet that contribute a decent amount of calories but they don't contribute to your feelings of of satiety and fullness again linking into that point number one this is why mindful eating was was number one on my list is because a lot of these really do link back to bringing more of an awareness to your diet and being more mindful of the um the food that you're eating and the energy associated with that food so again oils and fats fat is the highest calorie per gram of the macros of of protein carbs alcohol and fat fat is nine calories per gram whereas protein and carbs is only four calories per gram so it's um over twice as calorie dense as as protein and, and uh, carbs um so again reducing the amount of oil in your diet if you can change over to the the one calorie spray or just use less oil by say putting a little bit of oil on a piece of kitchen roll and rubbing that on your pan or on your pan or your um baking tray whenever you are cooking is a really good way of doing that and then different things like mayonnaise and butter and cream and full fat milk these are all ways that you can sort of by reducing them or switching over to a light version or eliminating them entirely a very good way of spontaneously reducing your calories um but without impacting the amount of satiety and fullness and satisfaction that you get from your diet because again for me personally i don't see any difference at all between light mayonnaise and full fat mayonnaise that's the honest truth a lot of you probably think that now you're you're mad in the head and the same thing with low fat milk and whole milk like obviously if i'm having a protein shake it's going to be nicer with whole milk but is it going to be 10 times nicer than having a low-fat milk protein shake? Personally, I don't think so. But you may you may feel different. So again, you make this decision yourself. But I'm just delivering this knowledge to you that you can swap out to a low-fat version of your food or reducing the fat, the oils, the fatty foods in your diet. And that's going to be a really good way of, of spontaneously reducing the calories. And then the added sugar as well. So actually, if you are someone that adds sugar to their tea, if you're someone that is, um, say, having a particularly sugary drink, um, or if you are, again, consuming a lot of dried fruit, foods that are generally quite high in sugar, by reducing those or swapping them out, say if you're putting sugar in your tea, change that to a low-calorie sweetener, then that's going to be a really good way of, again, spontaneously reducing your calories. 
And then that kind of leads into the next point on junk food and trigger foods. So junk food obviously is a very simple way of reducing your calories. I don't think I really need to, 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 to dwell on this too much. But trigger foods is an interesting one because as you may know, I'm a big proponent of flexible dieting. I think that's the only way that you should be doing any sort of nutrition protocol is to have some degree of flexibility unless you have a very extreme goal of doing a bodybuilding show or something like that. I think that flexibility is important and being able to include more processed junk foods in your diet is important. However, there are going to be a certain subset of foods that are considered trigger foods, right? And these are foods that you just cannot eat in moderation because they're just too delicious or they are inherently calorie dense. So I've, I've used this example many a time myself. I cannot eat donuts in moderation or cookies or, or really any baked, <laughs> anything that comes out of a bakery that's, that's sweet and delicious. I am not eating that in moderation because they're just too nice. I just, if you said to me, here, would you like to have a quarter of a donut? I would say, no, thanks. You can keep that um, because it just wouldn't interest me at all. A quarter of a donut, I'd have it gone in half a second. Not that, you know, I'm not eating too mindfully there, but that's a big component of this as well is they, they, they sort of trigger you to um, really start to eat mindlessly as well. These are, this is another reason why trigger foods can be, you know, uh, an issue uh, if you're trying to lose body fat. And obviously, as I say, I, I would never recommend somebody completely eliminate a specific food from their group or foods from their diet, sorry. But when it comes to trigger foods, identifying what is a trigger food for you, if it's crisps, if it's chocolate, if it's ice cream, if it's cookies, if it's donuts, identifying what those foods are and just not eating them, not bringing them into the house um, 90% of the time. Because if you're trying to lose fat and you're regularly around foods that you cannot eat in moderation because they're too damn tasty, then that is going to create problems for you and that's going to make the process of getting into the energy deficit so much more challenging because... A lot of people will find while they can include two or three biscuits in a fat loss diet, a particular type of biscuit, it's either all or nothing for them. They're either going to eat no biscuits or they're going to eat the whole packet. And if you cannot stop yourself from eating the whole packet, then that's a problem. So finding some sort of an alternative to your trigger food that sort of is similar and it will it will kill that craving for that moment in time, it's important but avoiding those trigger foods most of the time, um, and especially including, including them in your weekly shop and stuff like that, that is massive and something that, that you should actively avoid doing. Next one is, what are we on? We're on number six now, I think. So next one is fairly easy. Um, pulling carbs or fats from specific meals. Now, what I mean by this is, let's say your lunch is typically... Uh, chicken curry and rice. So that's a, that's a fine meal, right? If, if it's especially if it's got plenty of vegetables and stuff in it, there's nothing wrong with having chicken curry and rice for your lunch. But let's say you want to create an energy deficit of 200 calories per day. Maybe that maybe that's your goal, but you're not really willing to do too many massive changes to your diet. Well, a very simple way of creating an energy deficit in this particular day. That's, let's say this, this hypothetical person has chicken curry and rice every day for lunch, right? Let's, just as an example, right? By changing the chicken curry and rice to say 
a chicken breast that has been marinated in the similar spices that create that curry flavour and vegetables and maybe even they increase the amount of chicken so that they have one and a half chicken breasts instead of just the one and more vegetables but removing the rice or pulling out the carb the starchy carb element from this meal boom immediately you've saved whatever your portion of rice was there if it was 60 grams of rice you've saved two 250 250 um, 200 calories somewhere around there and again if you do that across the entire week let's say it's 250 calories worth of rice times five is what it's 1250 calories right so that's pretty substantial that's just one thing that you've done that and one thing that you've done in you've done this change in monday to friday um and you still get a large amount of enjoyment from this meal because you've marinated the chicken etc etc so that that's a pretty big change that you can make too another example is let's say you have salmon for lunch again i'm just picking on lunch here for for um for argument's sake change that salmon to a lean protein source so say some low-fat turkey burgers or some tuna a tuna salad whereby the salmon is a fatty cut of fish which is fine again it has its own it has its own health benefits but in the context of this fat loss diet we're pulling out the fat from this meal we're, we're swapping that over to a low-fat alternative and you've immediately saved 150 calories there and again across an entire week if you were having salmon every day that's that's a fair amount of calories it's you know it's uh, 300 600 750 calories if you're doing that every day for an example and these are just things that you can do now i would recommend that you do this with maybe only one max two meals per day i'm a big proponent of still having some carbs in your evening meal for two reasons number one that's typically the meal that we eat with our families and our friends so you want to be able to enjoy that meal maximally with people you don't want to feel like you can't have the bread or the rice or the potatoes with people in at, at the dinner time meal it's much easier to have a low carb lunch or a low carb breakfast or a low fat pu- pulling either carbs or fats out of either breakfast or lunch than it is to be more restrictive during your dinner time meal another thing is i'm i i do believe that having a more calorie dense meal in the evening is going to potentially offset you from over consuming calories in the evening in the in the form of sweets and, and, and snacks and stuff like that because if you have a big meal in the evening time it's going to fill you up a lot more you're going to be a lot more satisfied and then it's easier for you to finish out the day without maybe going to the biscuit tin or whatever it may be and then also there is the element of the fact that if you have some carbs close to bedtime that can actually assist with the production of melatonin which can have a beneficial effect on your ability to fall asleep and get into a deep sleep but that's kind of like a minor thing um, and anyway i would recommend that you have maybe one more carby snack um, before bed if you're if you're going for that kind of thing anyway but these are just some considerations to make next thing then is we're just gonna uh, this is a very very easy one is liquid calories so liquid calories this is like uh, such an easy one to, to to do if you're someone that's drinking orange juice milk full sugar coke sugary coffees from from starbucks or costa or wherever it is this is a this is a very easy one it's just literally you find out which drinks you're having that has a lot of calories in them so as i say the juices the milks the sugary coffees anything with added sugar um lucas aid sport is another one a lot of people think that oh it's lucas aid sport so i should be drinking this not really it has it has a lot of calories in it. it has a lot of added sugar but if you were to swap that to say 
Coke Zero or some sort of drink, even just sparkling, wa sparkling flavored water that has no calories in it, then you're immediately saving quite a few calories if you are somebody that is consuming and drinking these calories. Because again, liquid calories, the problem with them is, in the context of a fat loss diet, you are not getting any satiation from that um, particular drink. You might get a little bit of satiation from say like a protein shake um, or a milk product because there's protein in it, but generally high sugar drinks like orange juice, Coke, full sugar Coke, sugary coffees, these different types of drinks that pack one, two, three hundred, four hundred calories in some cases, very, very easy to just eliminate them and swap them over to a low or no calorie alternative. And again, you're going to immediately save quite a few calories by doing that. Next one then is to modify your food environment um, to set you up for success. So this is, this is a big one because often we don't set ourselves up for success um, when it comes to our, our immediate environment. So this could be at work where you have sweets in your vicinity or biscuits or stuff that's been brought in. This is a big one for, for, for office workers where if there's processed junk food kind of in around your area, it can be challenging for you to resist that. So modifying your food environment is creating barriers to the processed high calorie foods. So not having them in your workspace or if you're at home, not having stuff sitting out, not having sweets sitting out on your, your kitchen table or your countertop and instead and as an alternative, having fruit or having some lower calorie snacks um, in your food environment that's going to be easier for you to have. So you're again, you're creating barriers to you consuming the processed food that's maybe not as good for your goals if you're trying to lose fat, and you are removing barriers or setting yourself up for potentially choosing a better option in this case. So instead of having a Mars bar sitting on your desk, you have an apple. So this, this is just very, very simple things like this. Modifying your food environment in your house or in your workspace is massive. And, and you do need to be very intentional, intentional about this because a lot of people think, oh, this is, this, is fairly, this is harmless. This is fairly innocuous. It's not going to make that big of a deal. But over the course of days, weeks, months, if you don't set your food environment up properly at work, even if you're working from home or whatever it is, at work, in the office, or when you're at home, it can be a contributor to your your success or your failure when it comes to, to losing fat. So modify your food environment, have it set up for success, avoid having processed foods around and, and actively have better choices available for you for whenever you are hungry or you're peckish or you, you feel like a craving is coming on. So that's kind of the main things that I wanted to discuss here today, guys. Hopefully you found it helpful. Um, I think when it comes to tracking calories, or when it comes to, sorry, losing fat without tracking calories, it really just is about having, again, the, the first point was mindful eating, and I think that's a really good place to start because mindful eating and just generally being more aware of your own internal signals that your body has given you, hunger, fullness, cravings, and the, the relationship that you have with your food and how food makes you feel, that's a really big one, but also having the external cues and external routines and habits in place, such as making sure that your food shop is on point and choosing those high volume, low calorie dense foods, setting up your food environment and avoiding consuming extra calories from liquids and different things like this. 
these all essentially accumulate so that you can create this environment and create this energy deficit that's going to allow you to lose fat but you're not using a tool like my fitness pal to achieve this so this is kind of where you want to sit and as i said at the start of the video if even if you're not losing fat you're just trying to maintain your body weight this can be very very helpful for you because you can do all these things but you're just maybe eating more all more total food because you've more food to play around with due to you being in maintenance so i'm gonna leave it there guys as always i hope this has been helpful insightful educational whatever you want to call it if you enjoyed the video and you're on youtube give it a like subscribe all that type of jazz if you're on podcast app follow give me a review like whatever it is share it with somebody that you might that you think that might find it helpful and yeah thanks thanks as always for listening and watching guys and i will catch you in the next one peace